What's good? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, where we help you build yourself, build your business, and join the new 1%. In this episode, I have the man, the myth, la fantasma, J.K. Molina. J.K. and I had a previous podcast where he was just seeing some good numbers from his ghostwriting agency. He's now went on to launch multiple products, market the shit out of his new SaaS, and develop as the beautiful person he is even more. We talk all about it, and I'm excited for you to listen. Before we get into it, let's talk about Modern Mastery HQ. MMHQ is a tight-knit community of people that want a streamlined way to starting and growing an online business so you can monetize the things that you love learning about in your free time, create more free time for yourself, and work from anywhere in the world. Building a business is a necessary step to self-actualization. It gives you the freedom and resources like money to further pursue your purpose and fuel your development. That's the second part of MMHQ is personal development. In the world of entrepreneurship, this is a must. You don't have a boss telling you everything you need to do. You need to become self-sufficient. You need to master your mind, body, and spirit. We help you do all of these things through trainings, articles, step-by-step action plans to implement the advice from those, and live calls for personalized help because your situation is unique. So if you want to steal our proven processes, strategies, and systems for becoming a sovereign individual, go to join.modernmastery.co and join today. And if you want to skip all of the do-it-yourself stuff and join an intensive six-month program that guarantees business and personal success, we have the mastery program as well. And you can apply to that at join.modernmastery.co slash program. And links to both of those will be in the show notes. Now, last but not least, I have a few favors to ask that cost a whopping $0. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe or follow. It's one button click away, and it, it truly helps support the growth of this podcast. And then you can leave a rating letting us know what you thought. You can tag us at Modern Mastery on Twitter or at Modern Mastery HQ on Instagram or tag Joey or I with a link to this episode and some kind words. If you do all three, send us a DM and we'll have something special for you in return. So without further ado, let's dive right into this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. Stretch it out. We are stretching. We are live. JK, my fucking hermano from another madre. How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, man? All good. All good. Just had a beautiful, wholesome conversation with you before we started recording. Hopefully, we can keep this going while we're recording, you know? Yes. Yes, yes. And you are still in the beautiful land of Guatemala. How is it looking over there? Oh, it's it's great. Like, the, the thing about here is that you don't come here because there's, like, beautiful cities or anything. You, you come here because the climate's great. We have the same climate all the time. So I'm always wearing the same thing. It's amazing. But I'm going to Mexico soon, where where you were, right? Exactly yes. where you were, actually. So I'm going to go to Mexico. And, um, you know, hopefully it'll be good. I want to be, be near the beach, you know? Yeah, I feel that. You're going to meet up with our boy, Devin? I am. I am meeting with Devin. Like he, he's gonna, he's gonna show me around because apparently, like, things are like way different from what I remember. So I'm gonna go there with him. 
Yeah. Nice. So there's a lot to talk about today, man. You have we have both come a long fucking way from the last podcast. In the in the in the last podcast you had, I think the main thing you had was bow and arrow, possibly the Molina letter and your agency. And now you've launched a multitude of other products. You have a fucking SaaS. We're gonna dive into all of this. So my first question that I ask everyone, and it has nothing to do with anything we just talked about. <laughs> what is J.K. Molina's life philosophy in one sentence? Man, that's... You told me to prepare for this question. I still don't know how to fucking prepare for it. <laughs> but I, I have a couple. One I borrowed from Lobo, which I actually had uh, you know, the privilege of meeting him in real life, El Lobo Salvaje on Twitter. And yeah. it's a train everything philosophy. Like everybody knows this, but it's so it's so good because when you train everything, not just like not just like body, but also mind, spirituality, like business and whatever, you you get to see a lot of patterns between it, and you just become a happier, more complete person because you appreciate the beauty of more things. So training everything, just because it's so practical, so good. And another one that I've had for a while is zoom out. So I always tell myself, Joe, yo, you just gotta you just gotta zoom out, because then. You know, with all the things that are going in the world, and I'm I'm usually like pissed at stuff that's going on. It's like, no, I gotta zoom out. Or like, you know, you go on Twitter and you think you're winning, and you are, but people are winning like a hundred x than you. And then it's like, no, zoom out, right? Like, like take your path, go going your own way. So, the answer to the unrelated question is train everything and zoom out. Maybe another one would be unplug. And this is this is. Uh, textbook money twitter go to nature meditate it, it, <laughs> it just works like it just works i discovered that there's a park near my house like like um i don't know how you call it but it's like a path with a lot of nature entries and, and stuff like mm -hmm. i've never had so many good ideas and so many great writing ideas as when i just walk through that path with nothing and recently i've been trying a lot of stuff right like working out with no music for example or just mm -hmm. like at 8 30 i'll just turn up internet and just, um, I'll just turn everything off. And the only rule is I can't use electricity. So it's only me, candles, and I don't know, stretching. Because I get bored, so I just start stretching and doing all these kind of things that I know I should do, but I never do, just because I don't have access to electricity. So I guess a combination of those three, I don't think I have one, but it's because I'm not at that level yet. But it's like train everything, zoom out, unplug, I think. Bro, <laughs> you're, you're literally on my wavelength right now. You need to write a book because... The, the, think of it like this, right? I'm fully embody the train everything mindset. That's modern mastery, mind, body, spirit, business. And then in terms of zoom out, zoom out, the art of focus is what the book is called. And it's about like zooming in, zooming out. It's, it's a lot more than that, but around the train everything. And then in terms of unplug, it's kind of it's fucking same thing. It's like, it all coincides, right? So the, the art of focus is my life philosophy in multiple sentences. And it's, it's, it's so hard to put into one sentence, but I feel like there's value in that because then you just unpack it. Right. So I want to take, I want to, <laughs> no, I was just going to say that the other day I was talking with Luis this is my best friend over here, Luis the Wiz on Twitter. And he said, like, what, what would you like to borrow from other people on Twitter? He just asked that question. I'm like, well, that's a good question, right? And I'm like, I'd like to have Zuby, leverage. I'd like mm -hmm. to have Cold Email Wizard, speed. 
and I'd like to have Danco patience. So I was like, those three combined would like take take you really far. I, I was just thinking about that when you said that. You're really good at that, bro. Like everybody's like, everybody's just doing so much shit, right? And everybody's like, no, agency is the way. No, e-commerce is the way. No, SaaS is the way. But ever since I met you, well, you like you kind of started with web design, then you did something else, and then you kept on the same path, and you never really looked anywhere else. Like you started in Instagram, like at the same time when Instagram was cool. But then when it was when all the Twitter people started stop doing Instagram, like we just stopped. But you kept going. You you just kept trying, and now you're the biggest of them all. You're starting this performance kind of thing, and it's like everybody was just talking about SaaS, make more money, launch PDFs, and you're like, no, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. So it's like you're really <laughs> good at just not fucking listening to the noise, which is why I yeah. said that because I just want to have that, you know? Yeah. No, it's. I don't know. It's it's become well. I'm outlining it in my book, so buy my book. But it's all there's a lot that goes into it because it's so cool, man. It's so cool. This is why I encourage and am going to start encouraging everyone to write a book because at first it's like it seems so out there, right? All these best-selling authors seem just so far, like out of touch from us. Not out of touch, but like out of range, like. There's so much more experience. There's so much more this. There's so much more that. But I've started writing it, and my voice is coming out better, much better than Twitter because 280 characters, uh, you have to play the platform, you have to play the game, whatever. So I'm just writing however I want, and then I'm starting to go deeper into the concepts that I talk about all the time, and I'm starting to understand exactly why I talk about them like why I talk about them because I've experienced those things and I'm tying everything together. And this is where your part of the unplug philosophy comes in. Cause I've been walking like 20 K steps a day. It's like, if I have any kind of break, I go outside and I walk and ideas pop into my head left and right. Because one, I'm soaking in information. Like I read, I listen to audiobooks, and then I'm also writing. And so when an idea like one of those connections gets made in my head. It's like, fuck, okay, write this down now. And then every time I come back from a walk, I have at least like 10 to 15 points that I need to go back and put in the outline of my book. And then when I go to write about it, I have to research. I have to understand it deeper. I have to like figure out exactly what I'm trying to say and make it as impactful as possible without just like droning on and on and on about it. So it's really interesting because it will help so much with everything that I do because I'll have a deeper understanding of why I say certain things and then more ideas will come and I'll say it in a better way. And that gives me leverage. That gives me leverage because I'll be able to present these platitude ideas in such an impactful way that people can't ignore it. Like you read the beginning of the book. You should read like what I'm getting into now. I'll send you the outline. It goes deep, man. It goes really deep. I'm proud of it. Like, this is the first time. Like, I'm I'm normally the guy where it's like, uh, I'm not going to say I'm proud of something. It's just like, I do it. This, I'm fucking proud of the work I'm doing right now. And it feels so good. Fuck yeah. You know, your Fuck. writing process is the same as Tarantino's writing process. You've heard of it? Like really? Quentin Tarantino's? No. Yeah, it's the same one. So, he was in the Joe Rogan podcast and he said <clears throat> that... The way he writes is he'll just he'll just wake up, like do whatever he wants to do, but then he'll write for like five hours or something. Just write, 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 and it doesn't really matter if it's good or bad. He'll he'll just write. 
And then when the day's done, after like four or five hours, he'll just put everything down and then he'll go to the pool, which is the equivalent of you going for a walk. So he'll just mm -hmm. go for the pool and just kind of float there. And there, this weird thing happens when you write and then you do absolutely nothing. Like your brain yeah. just starts connecting what you wrote before for some for some reason, right? Which is why I take my laptop to the gym because it, it works, but that's not the topic. Oh. <laughs> so what it does, yeah, it works, it works. So the guy was just floating and then he'll come up with new ideas, new angles and stuff. So he'll come back, he'll write it down and that becomes the work for the next day. And then he repeats it. So it kind of like it kind of ties back to writing and you and I copied the process from him, by the way. And it's cool that you use that same process because it, it's the same thing. It's like write bad stuff, fuck off and then write good stuff. <laughs> That's their whole writing yep. process. It just works. <laughs> That's so good. You need to write a tweet about that. Write bad mm. stuff, fuck off, <laughs> and write good stuff. <laughs> that's that. That's literally it. And Joey, Joey actually imprinted that process on me. It's, it's incredible how many like I come from the ghostwriting perspective, then Tarantino from the movie writing perspective, then from the performance expect uh, perspective. Like we all reach mm. the same conclusion that writing and editing are two very different things. So Joey told me, and I still remember this thing because it was so good. Joey told me, like, dude, you write in the morning, you edit in the evening after you're done working out. No, no, the opposite. Sorry. Yeah. So you write in the evening when you're high creativity, low energy, and you edit in the morning when you're high energy, low creativity. And that process, that feedback loop just keeps making you better and better and better. So because of the light, um, I, I don't read a lot now before. Now I do because of the, you know, the electricity thing. But yeah. I started reading Bukowski. And if you don't, this is really good for people who are like, want to improve their writing just because Bukowski is very direct. Like it, it just hits you in the face, mm -hmm. the way he writes is really good. And he had, for me, my favorite quote in writing ever. So he's with a girl and he asked the girl, uh, no, the girl asks him, uh, did you write today? And he says, yeah, a little. And the girl says, was it good? And the guy says, you never know until 18 days later. And dude, oh, like, shit. oh my God, that, that fucking hit me. Like, you know how you can see in, in the Kindle when people book our, bookmark stuff? Like, oh, this many people have bookmarked this text, right? Like, nobody fucking bookmarked that one. Nobody cared. <laughs> but for me, it just hit me so hard. I was like, that's exactly it. You never know until you fuck off and then you come back to edit. Yeah. Agreed, man. Well, sure. I was going to ask about your writing process, but that's it, right? So... My my question, just because we're on the topic of writing, is what is your favorite topic to write about right now? Oh man, that's a good one. And because you you write for so many different niches, right? You write for so well, maybe, but I feel like you there's a reason behind the favorite one you like to write for. Yeah, the favorite one, my the favorite one for me is the one I don't get paid for. Because I write for e-commerce, mm. for SaaS, for ghostwriting, for whatever, right? But I don't know who tweeted this. It, it might have been you, but when you kind of get paid for stuff that you used to do for free before, it's like you kind of lose a certain edge, like that certain play. Yes. You tweeted something like that, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at least I've talked about it. Where like me, me designing my own websites um, and like for my brand, my own landing pages, my own copy 
literally everything. I fucking love that. But when it came, comes time to do something, for, do that for someone else, like when I was doing web design freelancing, it was fun at the start. It's like, oh, cool. I get a, a big deposit in my bank account. Feels good. I'm going to make the most, make this website great. But then it gets mundane. It's like there's no there's no purpose behind me actually creating these websites. There's no passion there. The passion for me creating the website was me building it for myself to actually pursue that purpose. It was a part in pursuing that purpose. And when I'm doing it for someone else, it doesn't really exist there. Yeah. What, what would web design then say if he knew today's Dan? (laughs) Oh shit. You have a snake now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You would say, wait, so you're, you're at, what I would say to him or what he would say to me? He would say to you, like, if oh, you're just shit. like, yo, like, by the way, this is your future. Yeah. I'd probably stop right then and there. I'd start creating content around self-development because that's what I did originally. Like, even when I was doing, uh, like, digital art on Instagram, the Photoshop art in the captions, I would always tie some self-development concept into that. Like when I was reading The Power of Now, it's like I would create a starry sky and uh, have one little person in the like bottom middle and then create some form of like meaning behind it. And even like music, when I listen to music, it really ties into like amplifying an energy you're feeling at a specific time. So I tie that into it. And I've always been so, so, so fucking attracted to like health, self-development, mindset, work however distorted that's gotten nowadays um presence meditation the spiritual side of things is what i really fucking love because it's so it's it's mystical right that's some people call it mysticism it's so mystical and there's so much you can dive in and learn and it's like true to you but you don't understand it and that's why i'm like on another level right now because in the book I'm taking these concepts that I've practiced and experienced, and now I'm making sense of them. It's forcing me to make sense of them. And I feel like this book, hopefully, I'm sorry for, I'm not sorry for promoting the book so much, but it, like, I feel like this book is going to answer the questions that people have when it comes to spirituality and tying it to concepts that they have control over and understanding why they're doing those things. And it's, it, it's going to be life-changing, man. I'm so fucking stoked. I'm so stoked. Dude, I love it. <laughs> when this, this reminds me of, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to apologize either, but I think in tweets because I'm fucking addicted to that thing. So I'm just going to reference tweets during the whole fucking podcast. So get used to it. <laughs> so <laughs> it reminds me of the Tesh Dosa approach, which I want to ask you, like, what's the main selling point of the book? Like the copy, you know, the copy, but he kind of says something similar that he says, I actually sell copywriting courses, right? Because he sells copywriting courses. Um, mm-hmm. But that's, no, hold on. I said it the wrong way. I sell spirituality courses and mindset courses. But I, I frame it and I sh- show it as copywriting. Like, make money online. Mm-hmm. Because it's kind of like you have to sell with a lower level of consciousness. And the course itself is a funnel to a higher level right. of consciousness. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Is, it, is this something like that going on with you? Well, okay, so the book is called The Art of Focus. Like you can, there's, 
I feel like that's just a catchy title. And I talk about focus a lot. I feel like focus is kind of a buzzword, deep work, all of this stuff, but none of the book pertains, is related to deep work at all. Kind of, it will help. But the art of focus is kind of the hook. It's like, okay, focus, something like deep work, it ties into that stuff. But what I'm helping people do is understand what focus actually is. I'm helping people understand what focus is and showing them that that is the only thing that matters throughout their entirety of being, right? Focus is how you become present. Focus is how you get into work. Focus is how you navigate your way out of limiting beliefs. It's literally everything because all you have right now is where your attention is going. My attention right now is going through my voice and I'm tying it to all these things and like it's it's so cool, man. Because here's here's the main message, right? So the main thing, what as you were asking, is I'm selling hyper spiritual advice by telling people that focus is the only thing that matters. And they're gonna tie it to deep work and they're like, Oh yeah, I I need that. Then I don't know, the copy will be good and summary will be good. But fuck. What was I gonna say? I was I, I was just gonna pitch in to say that the cool thing is that that's exactly the copywriting principle, as in the, the idea of one, the idea that if you include a lot of topics, then your message fucks up because people kind of lose track when you offer too many things instead of just offering one, then the message is more powerful. So it's, I like that because like the focus is like the one big idea that gets people in. But then once you get inside, it's like, yeah, focus might be the main one. There are some other things that are very important and can change your life and can make you completely different but you wouldn't have got here if I would have started with it, which we had mm. to start with one. Is it something like that? Yeah. No, it's exactly like that. In terms of like how I plan on marketing it, I don't have it all fleshed out, but yes. And that, okay, so it brought up what I was going to say is my framework. This is This is my life philosophy, okay? If I were to put it into one sentence, it would be focus leads to energy, leads to experience. Now, what I mean by that is what you focus on and the energy that thing has or what you focus on it's very difficult to explain hence why i'm writing a whole fucking book on it but <laughs> let's say i focus on <laughs> i call it the creation hierarchy right so vision mission values goals priorities you focus on that all of those are in alignment you're going to have a great time you're going to have good intrinsic energy but now let's take, for example, the, like, if you are just in a bad mood, you're, you can't get out of a rut, or you're at a certain point in time where you were feeling good, but now you feel low energy, you feel bad, there's something you can focus on that will give you energy, right? Whether that be music to help you get out of that state, whether it be a new environment where the energy there is just higher and you feel better for being there. It's, it's just different ways of things how you can manipulate your focus to bring more energy into your life, whatever it may be, preferably intrinsic energy. And then that translates to a positive experience that you are having. And experience, when stacked, is leverage, right? We, I like to think of my journey on Twitter. I wouldn't be able to write this book if I had not written my previous ebook, The Path to Power, that I didn't even sell previously. I wouldn't be able to write this book if I didn't understand marketing. I wouldn't be able to write this book if I hadn't had so many podcasts 
and talk to so many people and gain that experience from them. I wouldn't be able to write this book if I hadn't read previous books of mine, if I hadn't focused on something that has a positive charge that will give me that positive experience, right? It's like self-development and growth as a whole, but positioned under that lens. And I don't know. It's fun. <laughs> it's I've fun met Dan for about, a, like a year and a half now, and he's never been as excited as he is about this thing. And trust <laughs> me, I've seen him launch a lot of shit, like a lot of shit. But now he's super excited. I wanted to ask you one thing, actually, which you can before you said something like as much as mindset and spirituality has been, I don't know what the word you use, maybe destroyed it. I'm just going to say destroyed it. What do you mean by that? Like what has happened to that niche that you're like, this might not be right? It's well, it serves its purpose, but the surface level part of it, it serves its purpose. But when people think of mindset, especially, I mean, you see this on Twitter all the time. It's just like, oh, think, think positively or um, I don't know, just change your mindset, adopt a growth mindset. And it sounds good, but there's no depth. There's no depth. And that's one thing that I'm learning that I value more and more and more. I thought that my goal in life was to become very articulate. And I was on a coaching call. I hired a speaking coach to help with like the podcast, YouTube, everything. And he told me like, I am very articulate. So what are you actually trying to achieve? And that made me think. And with this book, it's like, I'm trying to achieve depth. I want to be one of those people people like Jordan Peterson, whatever people may think of him or other authors or people that I highly respect and admire, and they're my aspirational archetypes, they have depth in their message. That's what I want. I want someone to read a work of mine and just get hit. Like for you, it was the Bukowski thing that nobody else probably bookmarked, but you bookmarked because it just hit you different. That's what I want people, I want that to happen throughout the book. I want certain people to go through there and get the message that they were looking for. Dude, that reminds me, you remember my favorite book, Awareness by Anthony DeMello? That's kind of, that's it. Dude, it's like, maybe you, it might be a, something that you kind of want, but maybe you want people to take that book and be like, if you read it once, it's like, okay, it's going to give you message A, but then you read it twice, it's, oh, it's something different, it's B, and then it's C, then it's D. Right. It also ties back to what I what you asked me, like, what's my favorite topic to write about? It's the one I don't get paid for, which is kind of similar. I like the my favorite topic to write about is it's like Bukowski kind of shit, which is just finding beauty in like mundane things. So when I yes. have my my candle thing, whatever, I just sit down, I'll just pick up my, my notebook and I'll write what happened in the day. And, you know, I'm always in this fucking thing. Right. But when I'm not. And I'm actually writing and I'm actually looking at what's going on around me. There's so many beautiful things around me that I never even notice. Like that Lobo tweet. Like, how are you not fascinated all the time? So I felt that, right? And it's like these mundane things, I like writing about them because it kind of shows people that, you know, you don't have to have the Lambo, the model, the beach, the house to be like actually enjoying it. You can enjoy life whenever you want. Like you can be rich. And it sounds like a platitude. Yeah, but you can be wealthy and rich whenever you want, whenever you decide to. You can be happy whenever you choose to. 
So yes. it's not so much I haven't because it, it's it's in fucking Spanish, right? It's not like I'm gonna make any money of it because you know the Spanish market fucking sucks, which is why I'm talking in English. But anyway, when I fucking when I write it, it helps me because it's like there's so many beautiful things that I haven't even noticed. And uh, yeah, man, I, it it, it kind of ties back to that that you know focus and just having like this purpose and just being aware. You know the. My favorite book ever is Awareness by Anthony DeMello, by the way. Just being yeah. aware of everything that's going on around you. You can be so much happier that way. If you just, like I said, that's why I admire this motherfucker. Because he just not doesn't listen to anything. No, He doesn't listen to anybody else. Which is like, that's kind of where I want to get to. You know, but I'm not there. But if you just stop listening and focus and be aware, you can be so much happier than you currently are. And right. with the money you have. And, you know, fuck you money or happiness money is way less than you think when you see it this way. Right. Right? Exactly. I'm actually listening to, well, kind of. I'm listening to like four books at a time right now. But when I'm, I'm listening to Awareness again, and I'm taking like a fuck ton of notes, and it, it's the same thing. Like I'm hearing things that I didn't hear the last time that are so much more impactful, and it just makes sense now. That's the other thing. With the with the whole experience pillar that I talk about, you're you're not ready to receive a message until you have a certain level of experience. It's it's just not gonna hit you. You're not gonna understand it. And that's what I mentioned at the first part of my book too, is like if I because I, I paint the picture of the game, like how life is kind of like an MMO RPG, and I tie that into the entire book without being too annoying about it or too um like talking about it as a game, I feel like that'd be kind of cheesy. But I talk about how if you if you do not understand a topic that I talk about in this book, you've lost. You've lost the game. You do not have enough experience to understand it fully yet. So you need to take what you do understand from this book, put it into action, and then come back and then get the new information, and then go about it again. I literally posted this tweet today about like rereading your favorite book a second time because it's going to hit different. You're going to get a different message out of it. And it's so, so, so powerful, man. Like I've, I've probably read four to five books all the way through. The other ones, it's like I'll, I'll read like halfway. I'll read a certain chapter that sounds interesting, but there's only a handful of books that I've read all the way through and some of them twice and probably going to be more than twice. And I think that's all you need. You need a good business book. You need a good mindset book. You need a good spirituality book and you need a good fitness book. And then <laughs> throughout all of those, you craft your own message through experience and reread them and just get better and better and better at those things. And you end up like us coming on a second podcast light years ahead of where we were beforehand. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I want to ask you about yours. What are your... I want to tell you mine, then you tell me yours, right? So my business books for that is... My, my fitness book, it's... I actually have a coach. So I, I haven't read a fitness book, but that guy helped me out. <laughs> <clears throat> Shout out God Energy on Twitter. Met him in real life. He's a G. Mm. So him... Now, business book, I'd say... Copywriting by Tesh Doza. I just, I just think that just changed my fucking life. It's not a book, it's a course, but still. Like, oh my God. That one's really um, good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it? spirituality book, you said? Yeah. 
Okay, so awareness, Anthony DeMello. Mm-hmm. And mindset book, I like, I don't know why this hit so hard, but how to, how to fail at everything and still win big by Scott Adams. Just mm-hmm. the sit and atomic habits, it kind of ties down, which the systems versus goals habit, that little fucking platitude, it changed my life. It completely changed my life. So I want to ask you, what are yours? So maybe people can listen and can also use it. Yes. All right. So my top four books across all spectrums, mind, body, spirit, business, business. <laughs> I, I have two here, but the one that really changed my perspective <laughs> was the Molina, uh, letter. Did, the Molina <laughs> letter. No, but uh, I've taken so many courses, but I think the, the one that wrapped everything up really, really well for the business model that I'm pursuing is Digital Millionaire Secrets by Dan Henry. It's sounds cheesy as fuck but it's really good and it's very good at simplifying things and changing your perspective on business it's a short read too really good um i'm also reading contagious right now that one's really good it's a message for me right now and like how to make things catch on aka the book and then for mindset essentialism essentialism pretty much telling you focus on the most important thing at any given moment at any given time and then for spirituality, shit. I want to say the power of now, but it's switching to the way of the superior man. The way of the superior uh, man is fucking amazing. It it just it just speaks to me, man. Like women problems have they're they're out the window. I just do not care anymore. It's awesome. And then what was the last one? Fitness. I've just been in that my entire life. I haven't read a fitness book ever. It's just been a huge part of my life since I was like 13. Um, so yeah, same with that. I haven't read a fitness book. Yeah. Well, it's, I remember once we were in a group chat and the only thing I do about Dan was this up and it's the same profile picture he has today, which is the black and white looking <laughs> at the sideways picture. And then he was like, yo, there's good lighting. He said it like a Jack motherfucking selfie. I'm like, Dude, like he's, he looked better than like the majority of bodybuilders <laughs> on Twitter. I, was, I could train everything, I guess. Good shit. Is is there <laughs> is 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 there a tweet or a couple of tweets that have that have hit you that way? Like, like what? Like train everything? No, no, sorry, but like like super hard, like those books. Hmm. Not one that I can remember because I'm, I'm very like distant with tweets. Like there's some where it's like, damn, that's good. But aside from that, it's like, I just want to write a tweet that hits different. <laughs> so I don't pay too much, too much attention to it because I don't like, I'm bad. Twitter is my Achilles heel. Like I can get sucked into it. And that is what can fuck with my head. Like if I'm on Twitter too much, that's my Achilles heel. I can like, it fucks with my head. If I get too sucked into it, if I read too many different polarizing points. So Twitter as a whole, even though that's my platform, I just don't get on. I don't read anything. Like sometimes I'll, I'll see the timeline and then by nature, I'll just start reading and then I'll interact with like my homies. But then something will pop up and it's like, yeah, time to log off. Time to close that. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I see it every day, dude. It's Which is why I just came up with like two lists. So I have my like mindset list. I have like 10 people in there. You're in there. It's private so you can see hey. it. But it's like 10 people. 
and that it's the business list, which is only like, uh, you know, like like the absolute G's of business on Twitter, the ones that are not even in a money Twitter, they kind of transcend that. So, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's all I read. Like, <clears throat> actually, I'm kind of afraid sometimes when I'm like screen sharing, maybe I'm recording a course or maybe I'm having a call with somebody that's my friend. And I'm kind of scared because sometimes I'll have them muted. And it's like, I don't want you to see that shit. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> you too? <laughs> yeah, man. Because it's like, you're like, you know, I respect you as a person. I like you. And I think you're absolutely incredible at business. But, you know, your tweets are, they just, it, sometimes tweets, you can, you can tell when they're just engagement based and they just make you an anxious and they just, I don't know. Dude, it's like, you know, Twitter has made me, don't, don't get me wrong. Like Twitter changed my life. It's incredible. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me, right? But it's also been like a source of a major, major fuck-ups and major mindset things that are not right that I should have changed like immediately. Like regarding, um, I don't want to go into the depth of it, but some things I'm like, you know, uh, I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't think that way. Maybe I shouldn't be angry all the time. Maybe I shouldn't think like just on the complete, like what do you call it the side but like the most outmost side instead of like kind of in the middle where you know nothing's black and white but the colors themselves right but mm. it's twitter's like oh you're black or you're white that's it but it's like no right. like the answer is in the middle but it's because i write a lot uh of you know i write a lot of engaging stuff that i have, I have to make it engaging right because that's what they pay me for it's like you know maybe i get used to that sort of way of looking at life and that's not right like it's somewhere in the middle. So right. yeah, like I, it's incredible. I, I sell Twitter guides and then my number one growth hack is do shit outside of Twitter, come back and report and don't even look at it. Just tweet, don't even look at the likes, don't look at the reaches, just do it. And then go back and do the same thing. Like I actually, yeah. like my, my growth guide is go do interesting shit. If you want, pay people to retweet you because that's a very important power play. And I don't get when people hate on it. Like, come on, like we all know the game's paid, paid to win, sense. right? Yeah, 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 it's it's fucking stupid. It's like, oh my god, you you seriously pay retweets for your clients so they can grow your their business? You fucking jerk! <laughs> you, you can't do that. That's that's fucking cheating. It's like no, dude. Like that's what you get paid for, right? That's so yeah. That's how you fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you that's how you fucking do it. It's like, man, um, like I'm just gonna break the bubble, right? Like every single big account that you have, like everybody follows right now. They they either asked for it, traded, or paid for retweets. Every single yes. like huge success that you see on Twitter, there's something happening in the back end. Very little things are organic, and the thing that you're thinking about right now is probably not one of it. So just mm -hmm. get over it. But anyway, yeah, best growth hack ever on Twitter and writing is go do absolutely epic shit, come back and report. Which is why some like I was I was like researching the other day Hemingway. Which he wrote The Old Man and the Sea. First book I read all throughout when I was just kind of like learning English and kind of learning like good. And it's it's a short fucking book, right? You can read it in like an hour. But still, the mm -hmm. first one I actually read completely. But he, he like his writing also hits you in the face, like Bukowski. And he actually did exactly that. He was, he was a hunter. He did so many. He was like a Casanova or something. And then he had so many good shit. And then once you actually train everything and do so many things in life it just shows in your writing which is why when people tweet dude and you I, I know you felt this i know for a fact you felt this it's like the the tweet you wrote while listening to mozart 
on your scheduler with a $6,000 MacBook Pro will never be as good as the one you wrote in your, I don't know, you were fucking running, you were all sweaty, you had dirt in your hands, but you wrote a fucking tweet. Like that one's yeah. way better than when you wrote listening to Mozart. But you, you just never know, right? When inspiration will hit, right? Yes, 100%. And you're channeling this like inspiration into your your book. So the other day I was... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's called the it's called the law of inspired action. It's going in the book. What do you mean by that? It's it's a literal. I mean, it's like a, it's someone coined it as the law of inspired action. It's 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 a thing like inspiration leading to better action. And what you mentioned earlier about like going out and doing shit and. Um, all of that stuff, it's experience, right? It's the, it's the third pillar. It's experience and having that stuff and, and utilizing like through inspired action and getting better. It all, it all ties together. But yes, nice. I, I like, I like the way you said. Do you, <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, <clears throat> cause I get this a lot. Uh, cause we're both in our twenties. Do you ever be like, ha get like imposter syndrome be like, you know, I'm not like a 70 year old sage in a mountain. Should I be talking about life? You ever get that? Um, in terms of life, no, because I don't know. Like, I without sounding too narcissistic or like overconfident, I've I've accomplished much more than like everyone around me, and I can see that firsthand. Like, it's tangible, and so I'm never really imposter syndrome in that way, and I feel like I I, I can show it. Right. I have proof. I have proof via my body. I have proof via the concepts I can talk about and articulate through. Um, I have proof via the business that I've built around all of this. Right. And that the concepts hold true. But when it comes to business stuff, e not really in terms of the comparison to like bigger business guys, but it, it just hits occasionally. It's like, um, like, oh, is this concept helping in the best way? Because when you're, especially when you're consulting people or you're teaching people about business, it's like, how, I could have worded this better to make it have more of an impact, but I'm also trying to cater the message to their experience level in how it will help them the most. It's like, it's the same thing with, uh, like when I, let's take Twitter, for example, because it's the most relevant right now, is when someone's at a low follower count and sometimes they'll ask me a question and I just go straight off the head for where I'm at right now and what I do and it means nothing to them. It doesn't help at all because they're at a completely different stage and there's completely different steps to take and there's um, things that they have to learn that I'm assuming they know. So when I do that and it doesn't help and I'm not aware of that, then it's like, okay, the imposter syndrome hits. But then... Mm you gain perspective and you understand that's not the thing. But the thing about the whole like 18 year old life coach thing, that kind of annoys me. I don't think 18 year olds should be life coaches. I don't think anyone should be life coaches. That's just bad marketing. But I do think there is a time and place. If you have experience that you can help other people with, if you're steps ahead of them, then I believe you're qualified to teach them, especially if you get results. Like if some, if there is an 18 year old life coach, that's just a fucking genius and he's getting all these results. I don't see a problem with that. And I think that the, 
people that are talking down on that, like if they have a specific thing in mind when they go and tweet that, that's an ego problem, right? That's gatekeeping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to apologize to all just listening to this because I'm going to go visual now, but I'm going to explain what I'm, this is a concept by Jack Butcher that addresses this very same thing. So the other day, one of my friends was asking me, uh, he wants to learn copywriting and he's on Twitter and he's like, dude, I'm like, I want to learn copy and I'm writing copy, but then I compare myself to like bronze and then I'm like, right. mm, I'm really not that good. I'm like, why the fuck are you comparing yourself to bronze? Like one of the top 50 of all time, right? Like that's just stupid. So he, there's this concept that Jack Butcher said. Um, I think it's called the learning loop or something like that. So for people who are not actually, you know, uh, listening to this, what I have is a circle in the middle and several circles to the left and to the right. So the thing is, is that you're here and the, like the smarter people than you are ahead of you and they will pass knowledge. But they're smarter than you. That does not mean that you don't have any more knowledge to pass the people that are, have not gotten to that level yet. So what you have to do is just get to learn from the like the really smart guys. And then because you are already ahead of the other people, you're actually qualified to teach them. Right? You're not qualified to say you know everything, but you're qualified to pass down the thoughts. So like you should never really be like have that imposter syndrome that like, you know, maybe what I'm teaching is not useful. Like, dude, like right now, like I wouldn't take advice. Well, let me rephrase that. But. Right now, I would have, yeah, let me rephrase this so I don't seem like a fucking jerk. But right now, I wouldn't really take advice that I would have taken like one year ago. One year ago, the same advice that I, today, I'm like, well, yeah, that that just makes sense. One year ago, it would be like, yo, that completely changed my life, right? right. But you never know, right? Because you're yeah. at different stages, which is why I fucking hate when people on Twitter say like, oh, like 10K a month is nothing, and I, yeah. I do believe them. Once, yeah, somebody said something like, somebody, I got on a call and somebody said like, 100K a month, you're poor. And dude, for like a minute, <laughs> like, yeah, like for like a minute, I sat there and, you know, you know how you're inclined to agree with the person you're speaking? That's like the psychological thing. I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah, facts, bro. But then I sat down, I was like, fuck no, like, no way, right? <laughs> it's like 10K a month is like, like 100K a month. Dude, like 10k a month is life-changing money like it's incredible so it's not like which is i'm not why i'm not a fan of ever saying figures or actual numbers on the timeline more like mental models kind of thing. same yeah right because it's like you you can teach people behind you but you don't i i got stuck there but anyway go out there and teach somebody something because you're qualified to do so even if you think you're not everybody is but you just got to teach the people behind you and trust me those people for the knowledge that you think is common sense for them is absolutely life changing, but you don't know right. that until you share. And that's how, that's how you gain experience. But uh, another thing to throw into that, not only like teaching or passing down the advice, but working for people, right? That's, that's the whole concept behind freelancing. If, if someone, if a business is shit at copywriting and you're average, you're in the middle, you're going to be able to help them. You're going to be able to help them well, and you're going to increase some form of revenue for them. It's not like you have to be in the top 50 in order to close these businesses as you work your way up the ladder, both in your own experience and helping and passing down that information. And the better you get at that, the more money you make, the, I don't know, just, it, it all works out. I feel like that's yeah, what it a just lot, works out. That's what so many people lose perspective of because they haven't experienced it, right? You, you'll, 
I understand now when I see a big account, specifically on Instagram, like that I know is just raking it in, and they say something so simple, and it, it I, I first want to write it off as cheesy, but I know it's something they wrote, and it's like, I understand that. Like, I understand how you're simplifying it so much, and it's like, yes, trust the process. Yes, mindset is everything, and you never really experience that until you get to the point once you've actually done those things, like once you force yourself or just given yourself enough time to do those things. And it's like when I hit my biggest month, <laughs> this was kind of stupid, but like I posted on the timeline how much I made. And I was like, am I allowed to say that money doesn't matter now because mm. of other people like with the whole like everything they say about like, oh, 10K a month is nothing. It's like, okay, well, I hit this number. Am I allowed to say money doesn't matter now? And like some people responded yes, some no. And it's like, okay, this is just exhausting. But in terms of like 10K a month, dude, my goal, I think a lot of people's goal is really to just have 10K like being deposited in their bank account on autopilot at 30 years old and then just do what you want with that money. For some, it's more, and like I, I'm pretty sure you and I both are going to have more at that time in our life, but I do think that most people, if they had 10K deposited in their bank account, if they were not happy, that is not the money's problem at all, by no means. You have more than enough resources to self-actualize, and at that point, it's like that. that's mindset is everything <laughs> it really fucking is it really fucking is i have uh, how do how do i phrase this right but what what do you say to people that maybe it didn't become about the money at some point right so for me i remember this vividly i, I was when i made like 4k in one month I, was, I, I just sit down and i was getting sun and i was like fuck i, I fucking made it because dude i used to make 3k right. in a year and i was like yeah wow, wow i fucking made it right but mm -hmm. then like i was like okay i have money now like i can buy whatever i want <laughs> at, at least where i live yeah. right and it's like okay what's next like what do you say that maybe should someone try? Because I know there's a lot of people on Twitter that it didn't become about the money. It just became about winning. So they're not tied to the money. They're just uh, tied to seeing how they can rake a bigger month than the last month. Which is kind of where right. I'm at. When when this guy, the startup guys sign up for me, and I have, I'm going to say this on air, but if you'd have <laughs> given me less equity, I would have taken it. Just because I wanted to say that I had a startup. <laughs> right. I just wanted to try it. <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> <They're> but, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would you say to that like what's what's what do you find meaning when you think that way because i'm sure that there's a lot of people thinking this way too right so i think it comes when you are able it's autonomy it's autonomy to do what you enjoy at any part of the day and that to me hit when like I, how do I put it? When I didn't have to worry about the money coming in, when it was so unpredictable. And that that's the reason I went for more money as opposed to like MRR. Right now it's kind of MRR, but 
when I, I got to a specific level, let's say I got to 10K, right? 10K one month, and then it went down to fucking 2K. And I'm like, okay, I can't do this. Like the stress is still there. I still need to build in this area. And now it's like, if I get to 100K one month, my new baseline is probably 60K just naturally, right? And so it's like, okay, yeah, I don't have to worry ever again if I just continue doing the actions that I want to do on a daily basis. And so that's where it became very real to me where a higher baseline of money was coming in and then I was able to take a bit more time off and do the things that I actually wanted to do. I could read, I could, I can take walks whenever the fuck I want and I just like the feeling of taking walks without that stress creeping behind you where it's like, I have to do this, this and that. And you're just, that allows the ideas to flow where you're just like completely free and surrendered in a sense. And then the ideas come and it's like, okay, I need to do something with these ideas. So then the book comes up and quite frankly, I could give two fucks if the book does really well, but I'm going to push it. I'm going to try and make it a bestseller to get the message out there because that will just help my brand even more. But if it, at bare minimum, if it just bombs, does nothing, I'm fine. I got that like pent up tension to create something out of the ideas I was having in my head and now it's there. And now I understand the world more and I can see it from a new lens and I can enjoy my time even more then because I have that autonomy to do so. I like that. Remember the last podcast we started and you mentioned one tweet that I, that I wrote. It was about like, you don't really want money. You want the freedom to pursue projects with regardless of they make you money or not. This is exactly right. it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and this is how I feel about the SaaS actually, which is something I got to work on. But uh, I'm like contractually obligated to take money from it in a couple months. And it's, I forgot about it. I was like, oh yeah, right. I'm getting paid to promote this. It's not it's not the winning thing it's like oh yeah i gotta i gotta take money from it but maybe that's the thing bro maybe we all just gotta find something that we we will do regardless if we get paid or not and then figure out how to get paid for it but that's not the main thing right that's the secondary thing (laughs) exactly no i love the quote from this is the very very first thing you'll read in my book after the word preface you'll read the quote happiness is the feeling of resistance being overcome so, in essence, it's winning. It's winning. It's not making more money. It's not doing whatever. And th- I feel like this is more so for men. Like, I've been, the way of the superior man has opened my eyes to the whole, like, masculine-feminine dynamic and what the real problem with that in America, specific or especially America right now, is. And so, my book is more for masculine because I've been living through a masculine lens. But in terms of, like, building winning, training everything, overcoming resistance. That's like a huge thing for masculine men to be happy. Like that's what they need to be happy. I do not know why I'm trying to understand it. Maybe I will never understand it, but I just know that that's a truth. It is. You know, uh, another tweet, Calicrates on Twitter. So he said something like, yo, like, these people will show up in my DMs and they're like, oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm sad. I'm, I don't know. I don't have a purpose. And then he'll ask them, what are you building? And none mm-hmm. of them are building anything. So it's like, maybe that's why you're fucking depressed. 
because you're not purposely miserable for something that makes it means something to you. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the thing. When when you make yourself miserable for something that matters to you, you love it. You like it. Which is right. what kind of what well like some people that are already made it, quote unquote, they look at the days when they were broke. And they're like, "Man, I miss that thing. I miss that game. I miss that yep. hunger." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And sometimes it's dude, that's... that you just got to suffer more. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's the so the creation hierarchy that I talk about the it's the third chapter of the book and that's why I'm going to like release it to people when that goes out because that gives people a framework for something meaningful to build. Like if the, the first three chapters are all you need to have like an extremely impactful message from that and actually start doing things and use the power planner accordingly to actually do that. So it all ties into each other, but we're almost an hour deep and I want to talk about SAS because we, we could talk all fucking day. We're, oh, we're 53 minutes deep. Okay. So to, to preface this, you mentioned in one of your tweets that when you were on that shiny object syndrome thing, you were trying out a bunch of different things. They all failed. You mentioned that you tried a SAS before and it failed. So what, what was that SAS? Mm, yeah. So it was with Luis actually. It was a, it was a local thing. And what we um, what we tried was we wanted to do like kind of a logistics thing for college. So it was like an app where you could log in, you could get requests for anybody who wanted apprenticeships because you because you have to do an apprenticeship to graduate where I, where I went to college. Mm. And you can find it that way, and you can like get reviews, and people can qualify. You can get like your graduation requirement. It's it's done. And we were gonna try to sell it to colleges, right? Mm-hmm. And we did so much fucking things. Oh my god! Like we went to like every everyone, and we asked them like, "What would you like here? What do you think of the UI?" And then we'll go to like the bosses at the university and be like, "Yo, this is something you need." But it was kind of hard to pitch it to them, you know. Like that's where I learned like you don't want to sell to big corporations. You want to sell to one dude because it's mm-hmm. a fucking pain in the ass to sell to big corporations. But anyway, we didn't get the deal. We fucking failed. But we got paid for. Um, what was it? We did like a research on on school on like how do all these apprenticeship processes work, and we we sold it to them for like uh, the the papers were like fifteen hundred bucks, right? So we made like what seven fifty each, dude. We immediately went to like a library, we put it in a fucking frame. And it was the happiest day of our fucking life. Like, oh, we made seven fifty bucks, yo! Look at us. It was so nice. great. It was beautiful. Yeah, man. And I remember that. Like, there's, there's a couple. I think there's like one time in my life where I've been truly, 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 truly happy. And when I mean happy, it's not that I have so much because I'm blessed to have a lot of things and it's people and like a lot of people that I love, but. By my by happy, I mean the definition of Naval, which is not wanting anything else. So when mm-hmm. I got that contract or whatever, which I fucking framed, and then I just put it on my wall, I looked at it, then I went to sleep. I woke up the next day. And for me, that was like, for me, the highest vibration state of my life, which was like four years ago. I looked at that thing and for like 10 seconds, I didn't want anything. I was like, I have it all. I'm like, <laughs> I closed the thing. 
It was like one year and a half of work, dude. It was horrible. And I was like, I have this. I got that. And it's like, I don't want anything else. And then I got hungry. So I, there, there was desire. So I just went to eat. But for 10 <laughs> seconds, dude, for 10 seconds, I was fucking Buddha. And I remember yeah. that. So that was the first, that was the first SAS that I had <laughs> uh, with this. Uh, didn't work. He actually coded the thing. So that's oh, that was a kind of a pain in the ass and actually making him code the thing. But anyway, I that's what imagine. happened. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool. So that's that's a transition into Tweet Hunter. So how did this how did this whole story go? I don't think I've even heard this. Like, how did you get involved? On the on this the first one or Tweet Hunter? Tweet Hunter. Oh, okay. So uh, it was actually it's actually funny. It was like around the time I was launching the thing with Lattimore. So this guy Thibaut, he sent me a message on on Twitter. He said, uh, "We have this pro." this product you want to try it well uh you can get it for one dollar you can get it for free like if you want it maybe you like it right i was probably just in a barrage of cold cold dms that he sent but i liked it <laughs> and when i saw yeah. it it was and like we talked about a writing process same thing it was exactly yeah. it it was you show inspiration and it's uh you know i think that twitter saying one thing a thousand different ways and people like misinterpreted that and they just copy each other, which is not what I meant. What I meant is think what's right. the idea behind a tweet. And then you reshape it to something completely new with your experiences and other stuff. But it was it was that, exactly that. And I looked at that thing and I'm like, guys, like if you make me part owner to this thing, I'm gonna blast it. Because I, I understood the power dynamic between a builder and a seller. Because I had the th this thing with Lattimore, with which right. I built the thing and then he sold it, right? And I was like, I can do the same thing. It's just different, right? And, you know, they just said, all right, let's do it. They offered me equity, which <laughs> would have taken less, like I said, but I just wanted to try it. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> they gave me the equity. And then I just went ham, dude. Like, I just got all my friends to, like, to help me out. I got, I, I, like, stood, I wrote copy for, like, three fucking weeks or, like, a month. I've never written so much copy in, like, one month because... I had to write like 2,000 words a day to make it happen. Emails, uh, the main page, everything. But it was, it just started like that. It started with one DM. And I was, I thought like, wow, like this is really fucking powerful, right? Like, just one thing. We've never met. We're like, we're like, we, we wrote a contract where we kind of had to trust each other to write this up, right? Because, you know, our lawyers did it and shit. So that's kind of how I got involved. And it was, it, it was, I don't know, man, it just made me happy. It just made me so fucking happy because we were, when I joined, we were below 1K MRR, like, yeah. I don't know, like a couple hundred bucks MRR. But then when I started doing all this promotion thing, we got to 15K MRR in a week. And I was like, yeah. okay. Like, and then I'm looking at it and that's, you can sell that. Like if you do the SaaS math, that's like a million dollar business already. Like you can sell that for that amount. And I'm thinking, wow, like. It just started with a fucking DM. So it just <laughs> it just got me so deep into Twitter. But it also changed my perspective hard. When I first started on Twitter, I was like, I'm here to get rich. That was my perspective. I'm here on Twitter to make money. And then yeah. it kind of shifted. And it was like, I'm here to get wealthy. I don't want to build assets that pay for stuff. But then it shifted to, I'm here to build big projects with other people. And which is something that I've been talking about recently. It's like this money Twitter space and this startup Twitter space. 
Somebody Twitter, incredible marketers, okay builders, terrible and absolutely horrible long-term thinking. We only sure we think in terms of months. We don't think in terms of like decades, which is different from startup people. Horrible marketing. Like I'm sorry guys, but you're like direct response is just not the thing. <laughs> <laughs> so bad marketing, but really high standards, really good long-term thinking. So mm -hmm. when those th two things kind of combine, like, dude, you combine direct response marketing with that kind of patience and that kind of potential and SaaS, you saw it first. You saw it with SaaS Wiz and Black Hat Wizard. They launched Contact Ecom and something else, right? And mm -hmm. dude, like their combination just blew Startup Tutor out of the water just because they had that patience and that execution. It reminded me of the Naval thing. Again, I applied it to that read two years ago and it didn't make any sense, but now it clicked, which is impatience in the micro patience in the macro right so right. like do a lot mm -hmm. of shit now but then be patient with the results it's okay if they fail right so now i'm like i haven't announced this or whatever but i'm going to launch a cohort again with ed and we're going to kind of bring this thing together like kind of startup people and money tutor people and showing what's the best of two things which is the, the speed and the actual direct response from money twitter and the patience and long-term thinking of startup Twitter. And I think those two things are going to be incredible. And it's going to be able to like, like merge so many of the things that we have. Cause like guys, like I'm going to assume that most of this is money Twitter that's listening. So guys, like you have tens of thousands of followers, you know, who doesn't have that startup Twitter, they fucking suck at Twitter. They're horrible at it, <laughs> but you are really good at it. So like they want to have your audience. They want to partner up somebody out there with a great product, great team, great talent, is waiting for somebody with your audience to partner up, give you money and just build something great together. So once I kind of shifted from that like mindset, when I was first beginning on Twitter, it was like followers is everything. And then it's like uh, money is everything. And then I was like, no, like the DMs are everything. That's where actual fucking businesses are built. So I'm trying to shift. It's like, it's like you and me, bro. Like we started web design. I started with, I was like social skills or something. And then we yeah. <laughs> share how we how we move on Twitter, right? Like who we are today is unrecognizable from one year ago. Not exactly <clears throat> because, you know, we fucked up in the beginning, but we just changed, right? And I'm trying to, that's what I'm doing with my Twitter. My Twitter is just a one big profile thing of how I've changed. And I'm sure yours yeah. is too. But <clears throat> I kind of dragged it on for too long. But anyway, guys, followers don't mean shit. Sales do mean something, but the best thing you can ever do is have those DMs popping all the time with people that have huge connections and things you don't because you have things they don't and a connection is going to make you incredibly powerful. Mm. <laughs> Yo, you answered two of my questions. So one of the questions is what's your gripe with the whole like followers and money thing, <laughs> like followers in correlation to money. Cause I see you tweeting about that a lot and it, like, I understand it. I know what it means. Um, but what's what's like the what's the main difference there? Because I'll, I'll let you explain. I already fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I, I tweeted about this yesterday. Uh, today, actually, without us knowing, guys, we're in fucking sync on this podcast. So yes. the, I tweeted that followers correlate to how much money you make as much as how fit you are correlates to how good you can fight, which is kind of, but not really. You know, it's like some people right. will go to me and be like, Oh my God, like, dude, I'm not growing. Like this guy is just growing so much faster than me. And I'm like, okay, but what, what are, what is your KPI? What do you actually want to achieve? 
They're like, I, I just want to get coaching clients. And I'm like, then why are you worrying about followers and engagement? Dude? Like just worrying about getting the fucking client, right? And yeah. you don't get it. And it's kind of the way I see it. It's that I understand it and I fall victim to it every time. Like, guys, trust me. If anybody checks engagement and like, it's me because I'm a fucking ghostwriter. That's my job. But I get too caught up in it because likes and engagement are a visible scoreboard. Everybody can see it. But how much money you make and how connected you are is an invisible scoreboard. So your mm -hmm. brain goes immediately to the visible. You're like, this is where I get status. This is where people respect me. This is what makes people want to work with me. And then mm -hmm. you cannot not take care of the other invisible scoreboard, which is massively more valuable. But because we don't see it and it's not obvious to us, we neglect it. And right. that's not how it works. It's the opposite way. But like now... I've been connecting with a lot of followers, like a lot of accounts below 10K, and they're so much better. Oh my God, they're so much un more unfiltered. <laughs> they make so much fucking money, and they're just so, so well connected. Dude, one guy, like, especially with my clients, which sometimes I think that, like, I should be paying them to ghostwrite for them because I, I got a call with, dude. This guy owned a fucking mountain, and I'm like, you, you own a mountain, like an actual mountain. I, I'm like, yeah, look it up. And I looked the mountain and, you know, I went on Google Earth and shit. And yeah, he owns a mountain. And then and then I was with another guy. I'm like, yo, like, OK, so I always ask, like, how much how much does your business make a year or whatever on the sales call? He's like, I think we're about this year. We might break 100 million. And I'm just like, wait, <laughs> hold on. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> hundred and he said it like the normal amount like i'd say like oh yeah today i bought a coffee right and i was like <laughs> wow okay that's when it really nailed it to me like followers don't mean shit and they like yeah. i always say like there's five things that are important to a twitter account and in order of least to most important it's followers is the least important then it's engagement then it's email signups then it's sales and the most important thing ever is deals in the back end how good are you at connecting? How are you uh, DMing people? And yeah, the whole dynamic thing that you asked, the way I see it and the way I'm sure you also look at it that way, it's that followers correlates to sales a little bit, but you know, it's always the guy with like seven followers and a landscape profile picture that has like a hundred <laughs> Bitcoin. And yeah. you don't know, you just don't know. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. See so here's my thing with that because I'm I'm a bit different, right? This is where my focus comes into play. Because mine right now is build modern mastery. Like doesn't doesn't fucking matter the money. I want I want to become as productized as possible because I've realized that autonomy is the main thing I'm searching for. And just being able to write, walk, lift, cook my own food, I'm good. Literally, that's it. I was <laughs> I was going to post on uh, I wrote this tweet in my notes where it's like, give me shelter, give me a gym membership and give me a hefty grocery budget. I'll be good. That's all I need. That's literally nice. it. And so that that's my thing is like, I, uh, I, I see the value in deals in the back end. It makes sense. But right now it's like, I, I've been through that. I understand it very well. But right now it's like, okay, how can I get the most leverage through my message, through my followers, through the, the the digital real estate that I'm having, how can I nurture them 
the best to stand behind my brand. And then when it's ready, when the power planner is ready, when it's in people's hands, when my book is in people's hands, when the podcast is being listened to and I'm living rent-free, well, not rent-free in their head, but I'm living in their head. Like my message is impacting their lives. It's making them pursue a higher quality of life. Like that means a lot more to me right now. But I fully see it. It's just a difference in interests. And I feel like that's what's missing in a lot of places, especially on Twitter, is like the, the you know, the whole fucking uh, agency versus high ticket sales <laughs> argument. And it's like, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, just pick one, do one that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy it and you're miserable, one, make sure that it's, it's actually the business model and not you. And then, you like, you can do whatever you want, man. Like, I'm learning this more and more and more. And, yes, I'm in a privileged position to say this. But just fuck up as much as possible and, like, enjoy what you're doing and try different things. I am I do not care if you have shiny object syndrome. If you're continuously on the path of betterment and you're continuously building, you're going to have a great fucking life. Like, if you're just improving at all times, you're going to have a great fucking life. No doubt about it. Yeah, That's my message. I'd say, I, do, do you think you... You agree with something that Lobo said to be on our walk, which said the real Twitter metric is an engagement. It's how many people are talking about your ideas. Right. And that's what I've learned from the book Contagious as well. Like, be, because when I first got into Twitter, I got so consumed with direct response, right? That I'm, I'm, I'm decent at direct response, but like, I, I understand that, that game. And so it's like, oh, all I need is direct response and then like conversion rate matters on the landing page. Like get people to the landing page, have good direct response, I'm good to go. But now it's like I'm thinking, how do I get people talking outside of this? How do I get people handing my power, power planner to someone else? How do I get someone referring my book and just having it spread like wildfire? Like I forget what it was, but even on social media, like you sharing things with your friends, you talking to people it's something like it was below 50 percent, which is crazy to me like the the word of mouth spread is below 50 percent on social media the rest of it i think it was even lower than that like i'm pretty sure well i know the majority of word of mouth is when you're with friends and then that spreads to their friends and that spreads to their network and then some of it takes place on social media but when you're doing nothing and when you're in conversation with people like-minded people what comes up if i'm sitting in the same room as you and we're talking about self-development and you're like oh yeah i remember this concept from the art of focus from dan co and then that sticks in my head it's like i need to read that fucking book and then you go and pick it up and it's a book that's why i'm like so dead set on this right now is because it's not an ebook it's not a course it's something that can be in Barnes and Noble and catch people's attention and get them to take it out and buy it. And I don't know why, like it's, it's, I forget who I was talking, Sean Anthony, Sean Anthony talked about like how difficult it is right now to get into the e-com space, which I can understand, but I'm going to do it anyways, like with the power planner. And I'm fortunate to have a, a personal brand to help with that. But like, even if I didn't, and I was writing a book without a personal brand and trying to get the power planner up, I would still fucking do it just because it's so like near and dear to me. And this, the other thing with this is like, this is all my message, right? Like I have a deep 
intrinsic drive to do these things where I, I'm, I'm just a very like spiritual woo-woo guy. And that's just how I am. It's like I do what calls to me, as some people would say, and some people don't vibe with that, and that's perfectly fine. And they have potential to live a fucking great life without that. So it's really dependent on like personality. And when I discuss experience in the book, I talk about conditioning and like the person you are and leveraging those strengths you have from all of those different inputs. Like I'm, I'm just me, right? I'm complete. I'm the same, but I'm completely fucking different from anyone else on this earth. And that's what I need to leverage. That's what I need to like push and do. It's your, it's your unique thing, bro. Like nobody, nobody right. can do you better than you, you know, and you're not this and I had the right response. You're good at the right response. I've read your sales pages, motherfucker. You know how to get people <laughs> to click on them. <laughs> but about, <clears throat> yeah, man, it's, um, do you think, like, this might be a hard question, but do you think that if you were, like, right where you were just starting, let's say you were making, like, I don't know, like 1K a month, you just closed your first client, and future you came back and talked to that, then, and be like, this is where I'm at now. You think even at when you were making so much money, you would still drop everything and pursue what you're doing now? I couldn't. You would I wouldn't get be able to. Income forced. Okay. I wouldn't be able to. Like as I said, that's it's the experience. Like I wouldn't be here if I didn't start with web design. If I didn't see success with that, I wouldn't be here if I fucked up on all the different things. It, it's it's like positive conditioning where I've learned all of these lessons and I've internalized all these lessons from every single step of life that I've taken, whether it be failing at drop shipping, all this other stuff, it's necessary, man. It's necessary. If I tried to, if I, if web design Dan tried to write this book, I, he did, he wrote the path to power and it fucking sucks. In my opinion, some people got a good message out of it, but that's exactly it. This is a like completely different book with the same message. Like I understood it then. I understood what I was trying to get across and I did so kind of in a very basic way, but now the depth is there, right? The thing that I've been looking for my entire life and what the North star that I've been following, like, so what Naval said, like patience, patience in the macro impact, yeah, impatience in the micro, the way that I spin it is keep your mind on the North star and your focus on the what was it? it? It was like the fucking priority task or something, nothing related to stars. But that was the main thing is like your vision. What is it? And constantly refining your, your vision and everything within that and staying aligned with that. That's just my main message because it's had such an impact on me and hopefully it has nice. an impact on others. I have a, I have a, like a saying for myself. Is it okay? Can we keep recording? Is that cool? Yeah, no, we're good. I have nothing else. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, cool. I, I was just going to say, I have a saying that you might, I don't know how you're going to react to it, but I, I don't know. It was just so applicable to me at the moment. Like, it's it's boring when two podcast guys always agree on something. So let's, let me just ask this, right. right? So, yeah. So I have a saying that get rich first and learn Buddhism second. And mm. like your life is going to sort itself like that way. What do you, <laughs> what do you think? Should, what do you think about that? I say, why not both? 
because they're completely different things. Like, well, no, 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 no. They're, they're not completely different things. They're very, very similar, right? And the lessons, like being able to understand the lessons from business in the Buddhism lens is only going to make you better at business, in my opinion. Like if, if I if I hadn't read The Power of Now, I probably wouldn't be on like the business grind. And that's the most spiritual, like stop doing oh, wow. everything and just like disappear and become a monk. And like I had to... I had to get to a specific point to do that. Like there was, there was no option for me to do that. It's like, I had to create that option. So with the whole Buddhism thing, like a lot of their, this could be wrong, but a lot of their teachings are based on like when they were living, right? What the resources that they had. So now we're in a new modern time and there are steps we have to take in order to get to that level, right? It's the whole self-actualization pyramid. And then the like self-transcendence that comes after that. And, pursuing your fullest purpose and i don't know but that that's the thing is my answer to that is why not both because that's what i've done maybe it's taken a longer time but i feel like i am i feel like the things i'm doing are only helping with that development right how about do you think it's the same answer to get rich first learn spirituality second yes because i be i feel like business lessons would go wasted, right? Because, well, here's the thing, like spirituality, religion, dogma, ideologies, it's just a way of viewing the world, right? And you can take those lessons. I There are people that go through life where they're very spiritual without knowing that they're spiritual, right? It's just a way of like viewing the world and understanding things. It's perception. And so when you fail in business, how do you react to that? Like, are you going to follow the stoicism guidelines where it's like, okay, uh, control what you can control, keep going. Are you going to follow the spiritual guidelines where it's um, focus on your breath, understand, like be aware, other things, or is it going to be the mindset is everything where you, oh, you need to adopt a growth mindset. It's all the fucking same thing, just spun under a different lens, a different message for a different person. That's the way that I see it right now. And so with the whole business thing, I think of business as a vessel to fuel that spiritual journey, whether you call it a spiritual journey or not. Nice. That's kind of what Wiz said, that like at some point the money is just to fulfill your purpose, not to put right. foot in your tail, you know? Yeah, yeah man. that's exactly <clears throat> it. <laughs> okay, hold on. I have one more question. Oh, and we wow. don't have to talk Let's about start. this if we if you don't want to. But <laughs> what, what's up? What's up with the AI drama? I feel like it's disappeared, oh. but what was up with the AI drama? Yeah, so uh dude, that was that was that was some that's some character <laughs> testing right there. That was a like, that just... was a spiritual journey right there, eh? Oh man, you have no idea because I was so stressed <laughs> I went to the I applied the Dre walk, the incline treadmill, 45 degrees, walk for 45 minutes, and all your problems are reduced to this. So I did, and then I wrote a thread that saved the day. But here's what happened. The thing with that was that <laughs> I think people on Twitter, like, <clears throat> it was a fuck up in my part when it comes to marketing. The angle wasn't right. So a lot of people, you know, there's like this division on Twitter, which is like the... People don't want to be known as a hustle mindset grinds it account, you know, that's yeah. kind of that, like that 
you know, paranoia that's going on. So people associated the AI with something that they would use. It kind of cheapens mm-hmm. the experience of everybody. So when I did that, it was a mistake because the thing actually, like you're the hustle minds of people, I don't want them to use the thing. I only want like people who are actually, you know, like the guys below 100 followers uh, that have like 100 Bitcoin. I want them to use it because then it's like, I know they're busy. Like you can use a fucking AI to write your thing. You, like you think the guy that owns so that has so much money gives a shit if he writes a tweet with AI or not. Like he doesn't care. Right. <laughs> it's something yeah, yeah. that he's, it's something that he can use to run his business while he's his Twitter thing. while he's missing in action in any case, he, if he wanted to right? or ghostwriter, it's cool. Cause then you write a banger tweet and then it's like, maybe you can repurpose it. Right. You can use that thing or maybe you're just fucking bored and you don't want to write that thing. You just repurpose one of your own. Right. But the whole AI drama thing was because, uh, I think it was because people didn't want to be seen as unauthentic, but if right. you use, it's not like you're going to run your thing with AI. That's stupid. Cause AI, like I said, like I wrote in a thread fucking sucks, dude. There were, you remember that tweet? <laughs> AI said, yeah. the best t- time to have sex is at the altar. Like, come on. Like, no. That- <laughs> I know. That was my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, that's, it's just bad, right? Like, no. But every once in a while, when you're missing an action, when you're busy building businesses, sometime, somehow, AI will write something that's kind of good. And that kind of good thing is the one that's going to open doors for you. But uh, you're not going to write all the time with it. So people saw it as unauthentic which was a really, really, really bad play when it comes to marketing from my part. But mm. we learn from it, we keep growing, you know? Well, now you won't see it as the main selling point, I'll, I'll assure you of that, but you'll yeah. see something else. Uh, anyway, that, that was it. People didn't want to see us authentic. People want, didn't want to cheapen our beautiful community that we have. And I get it, I understand why they said it, but you're not the target market, it's not to you. Right, exactly. That was a fun time. <laughs> I enjoyed it, man. <laughs> best podcast I've done. It, it was the only one where I didn't get like fucking uh, stuck <laughs> saying stuff. Yeah, it, it's so much. It's so much easier. Like the the reason I hired a speaking coach is to help with people where like I haven't already met them. I don't vibe with them. I don't understand them, um, and, and it's really helping. Like I went through one before this literally today and it flowed so smoothly it's like getting to the point where we could go joe rogan three hours style if i wanted it to and it's fun i enjoy what's, the podcast man it's so fun what's the best thing he taught you you think oh um this okay so this wasn't really his teaching but it was him passing it down is the the golden framework so oh, man if i give this away people are going to start to notice but some people oh. already know it. It's like the, okay. I don't know if it's from start with why, uh, but it's by Simon Sinek and it's pretty much what, how, why. So, and that can just go endless, endless, endless. And this isn't only for podcasts. This is for dates. Went on a date yesterday. It went great. I'm probably not going to pursue, but like I was able to speak the not the entire time, but get her to speak and show that I'm interested. And it was, it was just seamless. Right. So it's the what, so, or where, or something different, but like, what is it like? Let me see. What is different from this time around from 
the SaaS you created earlier and the SaaS you have now. How did you get to that point where it made that change? Why is it different from last mm. time? And you just go on and on and on. And the why, the way he put it here, I have it in my fucking notes, actually. I don't know why I'm going after that. But, okay, so, for example, the what. What do you do? I, You tell me what you do, Ghostwriter. Okay, how, how can go so many different ways, right? This is the practical advice. How did you get interested in ghostwriting? How did you get started ghostwriting? How did you get introduced to ghostwriting? Right. You have a great story behind how you got introduced to ghostwriting and now the why. So why did you actually pursue that? Why did it work for you? All of this different things. And the why is where the emotion comes in, right? That's what you're digging into. And it's like, why did you actually do this? Oh, well, I was making 250 a month selling perfume, et cetera, et cetera. You get the story out of all of that. So that was the like huge impactful thing. Um, that helped me. All of it's helpful. I have a bunch of fucking notes from the first call, but another thing is just, uh, listening fully, like being, being present, listening, not having a follow-up question on your head, being very curious in what they have to say and putting myself in the lens of my audience. It's the same with, uh, Twitter in a sense, like what's going to help my audience the most, not necessarily what I'm curious about, but what my audience is curious about. Because me, I know fucking everything about you, JK. I, I don't really have to ask questions. And so when I do, it, it would become very easy for me to skip over certain things where, because I already know it, right? And I just go on to another section, but it's like, okay, what does the audience want to get out of this? And then how can I use the what, how, why framework to get that out of you? I'm going to, I'm going to so steal that for clients. It's really good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, I have the same thing. I have the Joe Rogan call and I always ask two questions. One is what do people ask you in the DMS? Cause it's so good to write threads about cause it's FAQs. Mm, and number two is yeah. what things have you done that are impressive? And that's the follower centric threads. So for you, it'll be like how I built this, how I went from broke web designer to having a multi-trillion dollar a day community yes. called Mother Mastery. Yeah, let's go. Uh, a thread on how one blue shirt changed my life or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of no, that would be so easy for threads. Just what? Yeah. Explain it. Why? How? It, it's, it works, man. It works really it, it well. Write, of course, there's, it writes itself. there's nuance. Yeah, there, there's nuance there. Like you, but the, the main thing stands is like, there's more to the question than you think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, I w like if I didn't like that, if you have a client that makes a hundred million and you not write about it, like, are you even a ghostwriter? Like, <laughs> just, like you, right. you have to, right. You have to, but yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that was a fun time. I love talking to you always. It's great. Always, man. I appreciate it. So, okay. Uh, answer me this. Last okay. thing, what what's what's net? What do I have? I'm a user of Tweet Hunter. What do I have look to look forward to next? What's the next thing coming at me? Oh, like you, you like <laughs> anything you ask, we're gonna quote it. But we're not we, but our brother. Team okay, okay. What, what's what's planned? What's planned? Are there? Oh, can you like talk about uh, potential features or like is there anything in the pipeline? For now, we just want to make it. We just want to make it smooth because. 
we don't want to add too much shit because if we add too much shit, then it's too complicated. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to make this as much complicated. We, we want to make it smoother, though. We want you to Dude. look up the word focus, and for you to have the most relevant, high, engaging topics about focus that you can use that are going to spark the most ideas in your head as we can. So we're like the main work is not so much in the UI, UX; it's in the algorithm behind. It. But we want to make mm -hmm. it incredibly relevant to everything that you're looking for so you can write faster and uh grow faster you know yes i like that a lot yes. yeah it, it's the perfect flow for me i told you this but i enjoy it and i'm going to be using it today because i'm leaving so <laughs> what happened i i wrote like three weeks worth of tweets right like first day second day that i started using it and then i got so used to not writing tweets that after those three weeks, which is now, it's like I'm scrambling to write them at night. And now I'm I'm going to Seattle. My birthday's tomorrow. So I'm going to Seattle and I have to write a weekend's worth of tweets, which will be so fucking easy. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Happy birthday. Yeah, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Well, after that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you a couple of DMs. We can, I, I'm going to give you gifts. Let's go. Let's fucking go, man. I'm down for it. Let's but yes, go, okay, man. so yeah, yeah. Where, can, where can people find you? What can people buy from you? Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at 1-O-N-E-J-K-Molina. And um, if you want to try Tweet Hunter and grow at the pace that the bigger guys do, because it's really not that hard, and these guys are really not that good, and you know you can beat them, check <laughs> tweethunter.io and build an audience that can kill it. That's all for me. Thank yes. you for listening. Nice. Love it, man. Thanks for coming on, everyone. What JK said. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. My friends, thank you so much for listening to that episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast. I have a few favors to ask you. For a whopping zero dollars, you can support this podcast by following, rating, and subscribing on whatever platform you are listening on. And for an additional $0, <laughs> you can share this podcast on your social media accounts, tag me in it, at TheDanCo, and I will share you on the community page. This truly helps the Modern Mastery community and podcast grow and allows me to bring you top-tier guests to fuel your hunger for wisdom. It costs $0, but... It does cost you your time, and we understand how valuable that can be. But considering you spent an hour or so listening to this podcast, a one-minute subscribe or follow button click and social media share isn't too much to ask. And if you truly enjoyed it, um, we would hope that you do this out of the kindness of your heart, and we truly, we truly, truly, truly appreciate it. And the second favor, which costs money, is joining Modern Mastery HQ. The only platform you need to master your mind, body, and spirit while building a 5 to 10K a month online business as a creator, coach, freelancer, or entrepreneur. You can go to join.modernmastery.co to join 350 plus members and gain instant access to information that has the potential of making you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime as a business owner. With that, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Modern Mastery Podcast, and I hope to see you in the next one. Peace.